1: Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist and a toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, I'm really excited to be interviewing Dr. Christopher Byers, who is a veterinary specialist in both emergency critical care and internal medicine. We'll be right back after these messages. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. When we put
0: him on the DinoVite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared.
1: DinoVite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something
0: healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on DinoVite. Dynovite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy.
1: You won't believe how
0: happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.
1: Welcome back to ER ERVET on Pet Life Radio. Really excited to have a fellow colleague, Dr. Christopher Byers, who's a diplomat of the American College of Veterinary Emergency Critical Care and a diplomat of the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine. He is also the blogger at criticalcaredvm.com. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Justine. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
1: So you have so many initials behind your name. Give me a little bit of background and our audience a little bit of background about who you are, where you train, what you do, and a little bit about your website.
0: Oh, thanks. So I am a practicing internal medicine and emergency and critical care specialist based currently in Omaha, Nebraska. I've been here for about nine years, but I'm originally from the New Hampshire Seacoast region. Most people don't know that area, so I just say about an hour north of Boston is where I was raised. I did my medical training at Cornell University and did my internship in the New York City metro region and my residencies in the Washington, D.C. metro region. And my passion is educating pet Owners, I want to make sure that they have access to really high-quality educational information about their pet's health issues, not just information that skims over important highlights. And that's where CriticalCareDVM.com came into play all the way back in May of 2014, and it's just been a passion project since that time.
1: I really appreciate all you do and write on criticalcaredvm.com. And the main reason why is because you and I both work in the ICU and in the ER setting. And we know that, unfortunately, a lot of pet owners don't always know the best ways of keeping their pets safe. So we'll see trauma. We'll see accidental poisonings. We'll see endocrine emergencies. And we've talked about a lot of those in previous podcasts or episodes of ER Vet. And I always tell people, you always want to make sure you're a pet advocate and that you're well-educated. There's a lot of great information on the internet, but there's also erroneous information when you look at Dr. Google. So again, great information on critical care DVM. Thanks. So, yeah, no, I, I love what you do. And I wanted to actually interview you today because you wrote this interesting blog earlier This year on different expectations, veterinary versus human medicine. And I always joke, we spoil our veterinary patients and pet owners because we oftentimes will get results back really quickly or we'll get the results of the ultrasound that same day. We often forget when we have a family member, it takes a week before we get the results back. So I just wanted to start by asking, what are some of the major differences in pet owner behaviors that you've encountered in your practice compared to maybe our counterparts in the human medical field?
0: That's a great question. Some of the major differences, quite honestly, are pretty surprising to me. And I think I find them surprising because I honestly don't know why they exist. You know, For example, let's take waiting for test results. Both human doctors and veterinarians tell people when they can expect test results to come back. For some test results, the results are available in just a couple of business days. For others, the, the wait time is longer, sometimes 10 to 14 business days. The difference is, how people act during that waiting period in general my experience is that folks wait albeit often impatiently for their personal physician to call with results but as you've probably encountered in veterinary medicine it can be very different even though a pet owner has been told results won't be available for uh, let's say three to five business days many still call the very next day, sometimes even multiple times that day, even though they know very well that results aren't available. And to make matters worse, they often yell at or berate the veterinary team members because the results aren't available. An even more frustrating difference is making a diagnosis. Most people understand a doctor typically can't look at you and know what's wrong with you. They have to run some tests to figure it out, to make a definitive diagnosis. For example, and I'll use the example that I used in the blog post that you referenced. Let's say you have a sore throat and it hasn't gone away despite treating yourself at home with over-the-counter medications for a couple of days. So what do you do? You go to the doctor. They examine you. And what do you know? They see some white spots on your tonsils. They suspect strep throat. Do they just give you an antibiotic? Of course not. That wouldn't be medically responsible. Rather, they do the right thing. They perform that rapid strep test. They confirm their suspicion, and once confirmed, they prescribe the appropriate course of treatment. So in my opinion, pet owners shouldn't have different expectations of veterinarians, but too often they do. Many pet owners expect veterinarians to be able to make a diagnosis without performing any diagnostic tests. They expect us to be able to look at their pet Immediately know what's going on on the inside and prescribe an effective treatment. They don't expect this of their personal physicians. They understand that testing is needed, but in many ways, veterinarians are expected to have a magical crystal ball that tells them what's going on with their patients without doing any tests. And guess what? That's just not the way medicine works. So, I would love for these pet owners to adjust their expectations so they're actually more
1: realistic. I will say it's maybe because we're better. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, it is hard. I think um, most pet owners are really bonded to their veterinarians. That's a little bit different in the ER vet setting because they're meeting me for the first time, but maybe they hold us to a higher standard because they're used to the speed at which we we work at. But you're right. Unfortunately, we don't always have that option of having test results back quickly. And I think it's also because a lot of pet owners aren't aware If you go to your general practitioner, they oftentimes don't have the ability to run those blood tests. So a lot of laboratories actually are, you know, scattered throughout the country. So they're actually FedExing the blood results to a laboratory. Now in the emergency setting or in a specialty clinic where Dr. Byers and I both practice, we're really spoiled. We have the ability to do blood work immediately, but it's still going to take our staff an hour to be able to get it done. And again, that's different because we're in an ER setting. So we need to know if they're in kidney failure or liver failure, have certain diseases right away. But you're right, there are some tests like more advanced tests that take like PCRs or cell analysis or aspirate Mm -hmm. results that take a week to get back. So I do ask, you know, try to be patient. It's really hard. We promise we'll always try to get the results back to you because we know everyone's really nervous about waiting for those results, but I know it is really frustrating. Now what do you think contributes to some of the differences in expectations between human medicine and veterinary medicine?
0: That's a good question. For me, my experience over the past two decades tells me folks react to veterinarians differently than our human medicine colleagues due to finances. And I'll just be honest here, a growing sense of entitlement. I am not ashamed to say good quality health care does come with a price. And when it Comes to healthcare, I honestly don't believe cheaper is necessarily better. Here's a very important point that I can't emphasize enough. In the United States, when it comes to veterinary healthcare, most pet owners don't have pet insurance. Why does that matter? Because pet owners have to pay for their pets' medical and surgical bills out of pocket. They see the actual cost of their pets' care, not the cost. After insurance has come through and paid a large portion of the bill, let's look at a real-life example: the need for a cesarean section or a C-section. The average cost for a C-section in dogs is 500 to 750 dollars with a primary care doctor, and that cost can easily increase to 2,000 to 2,500 dollars at emergency and specialty hospitals. According to Truven Health Analytics, the average total price for a C-section in women is $50,000. And then typical insurers pay out an average of $23,000. Subtract $23,000 from $50,000, and you get a total cost to the mother, to the family, of $27,000 post-insurance. Here's why many veterinarians believe a sense of entitlement on the part of a small but vocal minority of pet owners come into play. Too many of these vocal minority expect the same quality health care for their pets that they themselves receive, but they don't actually want to pay for it. In fact, many believe they shouldn't have to pay for it. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard folks say things like, all vets think about is money, or you don't care about my pet, all you care about is getting rich, and even why does it cost so much to clean my pet's teeth? My own dentist is cheaper. What I need folks to understand is that these types of statements are really nothing more than what we call emotional blackmail, and they underscore the belief of many in our profession That unrealistic expectations about veterinary costs combined with a sense of entitlement on the part of this some vocal pet owners leads to these often stark differences in behaviors when it comes to veterinary versus human health care.
1: I'm going to say I feel really fortunate in Minnesota because we have a state that has really responsible pet owners. I hardly ever see strays here. Everyone spays and neuters are very compliant and um, I feel really fortunate in the area that I practice at. We definitely see some cases where there's financial limitations, Um, but I will say optimistically, please talk to your veterinarian about considering pet insurance. And We've had a previous episode on ER Vet about it. I obviously and all of us want to be able to treat your pet and one of the best ways to be able to provide that is, honestly, through preventative medicine and good pet insurance. Now, pet insurance is a really hard system to understand, but it's a third-party insurer, which means you go through a company, you directly pay your veterinarian, and then you seek veterinary reimbursement directly through the insurance company. The benefit of doing that is that you want to be able to do your research before you get pet insurance. And I always say, when in doubt, pet insurance is always less expensive when you get it when your pet is younger versus when they're older. I Absolutely. Will, yeah, I will say with my own dog who was a 12 year old pit bull, I regretted not getting pet insurance on him earlier. And that's because I ended spending tens of thousands of dollars on multiple anesthesias and stereotactic radiation therapy and CAT scans and MRIs for his brain tumor. And, you know, that was something that was out of pocket and it potentially would have been covered. The key thing to keep in mind with pet insurance is that. Unfortunately, they don't cover any pre-existing diseases or any problems. So just like the way human health care used to be before Obamacare, pre-existing conditions. So if your cat was already diagnosed with diabetes, now all of a sudden you get pet insurance, it won't cover the diabetes. If your cat was previously diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease or a bladder infection, it won't cover upcoming episodes of that. And again, that's why you want to get it earlier versus later in your pet's life. So when in doubt, please talk to your veterinarian about it. There are some pet insurance companies that only offer emergency care. They don't cover preventative visits. They don't cover dentistries. And that's good if you're in an emergency setting. There are other types that do cover everything. I like ones that cover 90%. So when in doubt, please do your research. There's great websites out there. Where you can check out all the different types and ask your veterinarian about it too, because they'll have some information about that also. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. During this COVID-19 pandemic, I'll admit I've been ordering everything from groceries to disinfectants, to cleaners, to cosmetics, to more online. And of course, I couldn't leave out my dog, who by the way, is the world's best pit bull ever. He needs some loving too. After all, I've had some great quality time surviving the pandemic, thanks to my own dog and cat, of course. And my godsend, having a pitbull proof dog toy, like the Kong toy. These things are indestructible, and that's why I love my Kong box. When you order a Kong box, you'll get a few toys, delicious treats, and a few recipes to try, too. My last Kong box came with its own cheese Whiz-like flavor to stuff into the Kong. My dog loves the sweet potato spread Kong stuffing. Even my cat wants to eat it. For my listeners, go to kongbox.com forward slash ER and get your first box free with your subscription and a dollar donation. If you and your dog don't absolutely love the box, you can cancel your subscription for a small fee, but I doubt you will. You just can't beat the value and convenience of a Kong Box subscription. So help a dog in need, and your first box is free. Go to kongbox.com forward slash ervet. That's K O N forward slash ervet.
0: Let's talk pets.
1: Let's
0: talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet, Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. <laughs>
1: to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We're talking with Dr. Christopher Byers about different expectations about human medicine versus veterinary medicine. Now, having been in both a human ER and working in a veterinary ER, I know one of the things that you mentioned before in your blog is the weight at either er could be hours long so you just have to be prepared if you're visiting either er either a human one or an animal one i always say come prepared we're often in a rush when we're leaving but grab your purse grab your wallet grab a book grab your laptop grab a water bottle grab some food and grab a charger because it could be several hours keep in mind when you're visiting the er vet with your pet Remember, animals are seen on triage. They're seen on how stable your dog or cat is. If your cat is really critically ill, it's going to be rushed right back and you may be seen immediately versus if it's a dog that comes in for a broken toenail and there's really critically ill patients before them, please just be patient. We promise we'll see you, but it's going to take a little bit longer. Now, Dr. Byers, how can pet owners proactively partner with their veterinarians to make sure they're getting the best care and working with their veterinarians in these situations?
0: Well, before I go on, I just want to make sure your listeners understand a very important point. I've been talking about a small but very vocal minority of pet owners. The vast majority of pet owners are truly wonderful. They're collaborative. They want to be partners with their veterinarians in their pet's health care. And that type of relationship is very powerful, very positive, especially for pets. So I appreciate this forum to reach more pet owners to raise awareness of these issues. They're important ones. And the more we have productive discussions about them, the better we all will be, especially our pets. But back to the question, I can't tell you how fun it is, how professionally fulfilling it is to partner with owners who want to work with me and not against me. And I think every one of our colleagues would agree with me on that point. When veterinarians choose to enter into a relationship with pet owners and their pets, it's a legal relationship. It's called a veterinarian client patient relationship or VCPR. And it's a powerful relationship that requires work on the part of both veterinarians and owners. Veterinarians will thoroughly review a pet's medical history, They'll perform complete physical examinations, and they'll obviously make recommendations for diagnostic testing and treatments they feel are in a pet's best interest. What do we as veterinarians need from pet owners? That's simple, an openness to learn and honesty. What do I mean by that? Veterinarians want pet owners to be informed and we want them to ask questions about their pet's health. We love educating pet owners and want them to learn as much as possible about their pet's healthcare needs. And unquestionably veterinarians need every pet owner to be honest with them, honest with them about their needs, their wants, their concerns, their limitations. If we don't know these things, we absolutely can't best help their pets. When we do know these things, boy, boy, oh boy, uh, can we be truly effective partners in their pets' healthcare?
1: I agree with you. I always want to team up to make sure that people feel like they can trust me when it comes to their medical care, even though they've never met me before in the ER setting. I always say I want people to be the best pet advocate for themselves. Bring a pen and paper so you can take notes when in doubt, always ask appropriate questions on whether or not specific tests need to be done. Ask where the best resource is. So a lot of times I will direct pet owners to specific websites like petplace.com. Again, critical care DVM has some great information and that, that way they know they can go to reputable sources. And a lot of this content is already written by board certified veterinary specialists out there. So I know the information is medically accurate. I can say I've had times when it's really overwhelming. When I go to one of my aging parents, medical appointments. And if you don't have those questions pre-written down before you know it, you're standing out of the exam room, the exams already over and you forgot to ask some key questions. So always take the time to take notes, to ask questions, to bring your medical record. I always uh, like to make sure that I'm bringing the whole file. So if I'm visiting a human hospital, or if I have a colleague or a pet owner, who's coming into the ER, I want them to bring their own pet medical record with blood work. My general philosophy, is if you paid for the blood work, you should get a copy of it. And while you may not understand it, it's really helpful because that way you can give it to the ER vet or you can look at what the values are or you can track them over time. Dr. Byers, last thing, what are some things you wish pet owners knew about collaborating with veterinarians? Any last tips you want to leave us with?
0: I think an important point for pet owners to know is veterinarians aren't your adversaries. They should be your partners. They are, in fact, the most important weapon in your arsenal to combat your pet's illness. There's no better resource for pet health care than veterinarians. Not your non-veterinarian, non-medically trained breeder, not the high school-aged worker at the pet store whose only training is how to sell products. Veterinarians. Veterinarians, whether they be primary care clinicians or bird-certified veterinary specialists, should be your go-to source for pet health information. Another important point is this. Veterinarians are just coming to understand the importance and impact of well-being, that they don't need to and shouldn't tolerate abuse from that vocal minority of pet owners. Earlier, I mentioned the legal relationship between veterinarians, pet owners, and pets called the VCPR, or, veterinarian client patient relationship. Most think of this relationship as a pet owner deciding who they want their pet's veterinarian to be. What they don't recognize about the VCPR is this just as pet owners can choose their pet's veterinarian, so too can veterinarians choose their clients and patients. It's absolutely a two way street. So, my best piece of advice is this be nice and follow the golden rule. Treat others as you would want to be treated. By following the golden rule, you're laying an excellent foundation for a productive relationship with veterinarians for the benefit of your pets.
1: All right. And I will also say, if you feel like you don't connect with your veterinarian, it's okay to actually find another veterinarian. Use word of mouth, do your research. Now, it is really hard to look at online reviews because they're not always accurate a lot of them may be financial based. So it is really hard. When in doubt, ask a colleague, ask a fellow pet owner or a cat owner for a recommendation. We want you to be a good advocate. If you feel like you're not getting good care, it's okay for you to make your own appointment or your own self-referral to a veterinary specialist. Also, especially if you have a more complex case. In other words, if your cat has diabetes or your dog has uncontrolled inflammatory bowel disease or cancer, you can always make an appointment with a board certified veterinary oncologist or an internist or a criticalist. So you have lots of options out there. Obviously, I want you to work with your family veterinarian because that's the one you've been seeing for a really long time and that you have a good relationship with. So again, be a good advocate. Make sure that you are utilizing the right resources. If you're using Dr. Google, totally fine. Just make sure you're looking at sites that have been vetted, Get it vetted by a board-certified veterinary specialist, or that the medical information is accurate and appropriate. We always want to team up to make sure that you're getting the best service. And as long as you understand some of the limitations that you know, our hands are tied. We can't always get those results right away. We are not, unfortunately, nonprofit, and the majority are uh, just small businesses trying to survive. So there is a charge, but please work with your veterinarian, your ER vet, or your board-certified specialist because we always have options out there when it comes to making sure that your dog and cat are kept healthy. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Dr. Byers, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Dr. Lee.
1: Again, you can find more information about him at his website, criticalcaredvm.com. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me any of your pet questions at Justine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Dr. Christopher Byers and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.